Those other podcasts keep telling the same old stories over and over. Nobody cares about the swerve, bro. We provide you with new content. Now this is fucking entertainment. TMA Studios. It's what you want. This is the design of a high conscious, the child of the eighth day, Saeed Al Sabah. And you're listening to SWN, Stovall Wrestling Network. The world is ours. Hmm? Okay, let's do this fucking shit. What's up, everyone? It's me, Caleb Stovall. And yes, I am back. I am back, baby, with another edition of the Stovall Wrestling Network, the SWN Podcast. And I am so glad to be back here with you all. I hope you all are having an amazing time. I hope you're finding enjoyment and entertainment through these crazy, uncertain times. I know it seems like everything is getting ready to open back up, or it seems like it's getting ready to shut down again, but whatever is going on, I hope you all are having an amazing time and are doing very well in your lives and stuff like that. And yes, I am back from a week-long vacation trip at the beach in Panama City Beach, Florida. It was a beautiful time. I had a blast, but I am so excited, like I said, to be back here with you all on the Stovall Wrestling Network and to talk about, of course, my favorite subject in the world, pro motherfucking wrestling. And to do that, I need to bring in someone else who is back here on this program he is the one he is the man he is mr tmb studios himself he is chris mother effing dickens chris hey what's going on swn fan nation caleb stowball back off vacation and yours truly also back off vacation from my undisclosed location whereas stowball got to enjoy fun and sun and sandy beaches i got rainstorms, cloudy days, and a lot of indoor time. Where the hell did you go? That's none of your damn business. <laughs> okay. From an undisclosed location. location. Oh, my here's, God. Here's what we need to know about that is that we got a lot of things updated on TMB Studios during that time. Uh, I used my time wisely, and we've got a lot of things going on with TMB Studios, but that is here nor there. Right now it is time to talk about some pro wrestling and I'm handing it back to the man, the myth, uh, thinks he's a legend, Caleb Stovall, to go ahead and take back over this program. Well, I am a legend. Anyways. In your uh, own mind, yeah. Will Smith. <laughs> no, I'm Tommy Lee Jones, bitch. Oh, wow. Anyway, Hey, NYPD, motherfucker, means I will knock your punk ass uh, down. I think you're more like Agent K from Men in Black. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, that's Tommy Lee Jones, you read. <laughs> Exactly my Weird, point. weird. It's almost when Chris was describing his vacation, it's almost like he didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but anyways, we'll talk about that another time. It is time, though, Chris. Let's not waste any more time. We have waited long enough. Yeah, Let's talk about some pro motherfucking... Had to add the motherfucking part in there, obviously. Well, especially with everything going on right now, it might as well be motherfucking because there's a lot of crazy going on. Oh my god, I know, right? Like, while I'm at the beach on vacation and stuff like that, I'm looking on my phone and stuff like that, and I just, it seemed like 
The pro wrestling world went to hell and back, did it? Ooh, what, what the hell? It looks like it went to hell, came back, went back to hell to say, hi, how you doing? And then came back to show everybody what they did. Yeah, uh, pretty much, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> That's how uh, screwed up it is, folks. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and look, I, I know that there's a lot going on with the, the Speak Out movement and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into that here on this program because that's not what we're here to talk about. No. I don't want to talk about the personal stuff. And I know that that affects a lot of people, so I'm not going to gloss over it. But I'm just saying, you know, if you want to go – talk about that talk about that somewhere else right here we're just going to talk about some pro wrestling and we're going to start it off with the two major events that seem to be going on right now on television which is of course AEW Fighter Fest night 1 and night 2 and then strange coincidentally Chris without any build up to it whatsoever the great american bash now has two nights on Wednesday night at the same time as Fighter Fest. And really, WWE? Really? Yeah, they. This is just... Okay, this story just has a, a whole lot of let me just slap somebody in the face to it. Yeah, well, before you get into that, I just, I just don't understand. Chris, we all know that the WWE, alright, mm-hmm. they're number one. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, we're not going to deny it. If anyone denies that, you're fucking stupid. Because the WWE has their own network. They're on a primetime television show, and they they have a deal with Fox. Yes. So they're number one. We're, there's no one denying that. So why then do they have to take these very just petty cheap shots, it seems like? I don't know. It's almost like if they're not the only name in town, if there's somebody that even remotely knocks at their door, they get upset, they get scared, and then they start pulling these stuff out. I mean, it's it's not hurting your business. Like the, it's the reason that WWE's business is hurting these days is not because of AEW right no. now. All right, it's because of COVID nineteen and all this other shit that's going on and stuff like that. But AEW, I mean, technically they're not even a threat right now to WWE. No, they're not. And and here's the thing, is AEW's doing its own thing, and they're not really, they don't want to compete at this moment with WWE because they know they're not in the, uh, uh, the stages where they can compete and actually be a legitimate threat. They, they're just doing their own thing. And WWE keeps coming out and throwing shot after shot. I mean, they get air on Wednesday nights. They could have... Honestly, they could have went to Monday nights AEW when they first started. They chose Wednesday nights, so what's WWE do? Oh, NXT is now airing Wednesday nights on USA. Yeah, live because I mean NXT, to be fair, was already airing on Wednesdays, but that wasn't a shot at NXT when they did this thing. No. I mean NXT was on the network, which should be exclusively on the network because that's one of the ways that you sell the network. Is it exactly. not? Exactly. Or is there something I'm missing? Exactly. You're supposed to have content that is exclusive to your network, so you can, you know. Get people to pay for your network to see the exclusive content. Yeah, that was one of the main selling points when the network launched was NXT. Yep, now it's just a regular old Wednesday night thing. And here's the other thing about it is it just seems like WWE, every time they get an opportunity, wants to take a shot at Cody. Yeah. What the fuck did Cody do so bad? 
He got. He asked for us out on his contract. Him and Brandy both on their own. Because you weren't he doing branded. anything with him to begin with. Exactly, and then he went on to be more successful outside of your company. I guess because you can't find success outside of WWE. Exactly. I guess. I guess you just cannot. And I don't. I don't, for the life of me, understand that mindset. Why do you care? It's not like any of these other promotions give a shit if someone goes and makes their name in WWE or something. Hell, TNA didn't even care if you went and made your name in WWE. In fact, if you went and made your name in WWE and came back, you probably were more loved. <laughs> here's, the, here's the beautiful thing about Impact Wrestling right now is that those who are making a successful name in WWE in some way, shape, or form, actually got their success first in Impact Wrestling or TNA, whichever way, and they actually utilized that to their advantage. I mean, look at Bobby Lashley and uh, Drew McIntyre. They went ahead and advertised the match that they had uh, on Impact Wrestling <laughs> to showcase that they were champion material before going back to WWE and becoming champion. Yeah, and they had a pay-per-view match as well on WWE, like on the on the Backlash show. Yes. Which I was just like, why isn't this featured more in the more prominent stance? Which we could get into that in the day. But how about the biggest one? Uh, AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, you know, he only not he not only made his name in Impact, but he also made his name in New Japan, Ring of Honor, and all that. And Go ahead. I was just saying, they just came out recently through Arn Anderson's podcast that when he was looking back before they made the decisions to sign Bobby Roode and uh, James Storm and even AJ, that Arn was looking at them at the time saying they could be major players because at the time John Cena was a big babyface and they were looking for new challengers for him. Right. And he's like, we could bring them in right now. And they'd be major players for you already set for the stage. But they didn't, and so well, you they, became, they became major players. Bobby Roode had an incredible uh, Impact World he Wrestling did. title run. But here's the, here's the thought process as a WWE, and it came out of John Cena's mouth. And, and it's funny because Arn even said it. He said it's just the vocalization of Vince McMahon and the way the company thinks is what John Cena said. We have NXT. We make our own stars. We don't need a, uh, indie darlings. Well, okay, then why do you need to bring in every single independent top star into NXT then? So you have, can have you noticed, whatever have you noticed? they are done and rebirth them as your own. Right. I just, I just don't understand the mindset of it all. I mean, look, I get... Look, I got the Monday Night Wars thing, all right? They had to battle WCW right. because guess what? WCW knocked on their door. Mm -hmm. So it's different. But you were already the number one company at that time when WCW did that. I mean, it took WCW a whole fucking year to beat you. Well, not, not, not right off the bat. Actually, when uh, Nitro started, it would go back and forth with the ratings. And then, of course, Nitro dominated. But right now, it's just like AEW hadn't even gotten off the ground yet, and already no. you want to stifle it. It's and like, it's just like, it, you didn't have to do that. And you not only, you didn't have to do that, but you do it with your developmental brand. And look, I get AEW takes shots at WWE as well. They can't convince me that they don't. I mean, first of all, the you know minute uh, AEW debuted and Cody Rhodes came out with the sledgehammer and broke the throne of Triple H, pretty much. I mean, that was a shot. 
obviously Taz took a shot this past week, I think it was, on Fighter Fest night yes. one. He took a shot at them saying, or at least that this is what they say he did. Like he said, he said we're not running a sloppy shop around here. And you even heard people in the crowd go, "Oh, you know, kind of thing," which they don't really have much of a crowd, obviously, right. which nobody does. But I just, I don't know, Chris. I, I just, I just don't get it. Well, I think most of the thing now with this whole um, this Wednesday night the Fighter Fest, and then we have NXT's Great American Bash. That was more of a shot toward Cody. Because Cody, this this came out, Cody was actually trying to get the trademarks for that because it's his late great father's creation. Well, before you go on to that, right, and, and I do want to hear about that and talk about that, but before you go on to that, you know, we asked what did Cody do. Here's my thing. Cody Rhodes, in podcast interviews, has even stated that he thanks Vince McMahon. For his his time in WWE, he praises Vince. He even says that, like you know, the Stardust character and whatnot. He thanks Vince McMahon for you know, like yeah. like he 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 doesn't really say anything bad about Vince, does he? No, he actually thanks Vince McMahon and WWE for for teaching him and giving him the opportunity to learn and develop and, and hone his skills because he had none when he got called up. He was Greenhorn. Yeah, I just I just don't understand. It's almost like a mafia mentality when it comes to Vince. Like, it's just, there cannot be any other wrestling besides me. But when that happens, Vince, then you don't have business. Yeah. And, and, and that has been proven over the years. You're, you're, I would say probably some of the lowest times for WWE, and even though the Ruthless Aggression era had some good stuff, it was not high uh, by any means because the fact that there was no other competition. True. And true. TNA very, very was true. not competition to them yet. No. And it never was, to be quite honest. Let, let's just put no, it. He never even looked at them. He didn't even acknowledge them. Exactly. I, I just, I don't get it. You know, it, it's it's like if Ring of Honor right now tried to, you know, go on, let's say, sci-fi or something like that. Mm -hmm. Vince would put a show up against them. Yeah. It, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Apparently, anytime you end up on network television, you're a threat. Especially it, when you end up on a Turner network. Apparently. Like, apparently, I guess that's what got him so pissed off at AEW and wanting to, like, really come. And here's the thing. Look, I love Triple H, okay? Triple H is one of my all-time favorites. I ain't going to deny it and everything like that. And I love what he has done with NXT. Yes. He has taken that He has taken that brand and made it more than just a developmental territory as well. He has made it into a third brand mm -hmm. when it comes to WWE. And that's great. But even him with his bullshit answers, like, oh, yeah, absolutely, uh, you know, Healthy competition and everything. It's not healthy. Like, like it's not healthy. And AEW really isn't in competition with WWE They're right not. now. They're just not. They haven't been around long enough to establish themselves They've like that. They've only been around for a year. Exactly. Now... Have they done great for a whole year, for, for the first year that they've been around? Absolutely. Yeah. They're selling out arenas, which no promotion can say that they've ever done. Being in existence the first year, yeah. absolutely not. Not even WWE can say that. WWE had to play 
in um, you know little venues when they first started. Yeah. You know, back when it was the WWWF. Yeah. The biggest was, thing they had was Madison Square Garden. Exactly. And it, it just, it makes everything on their program seem insignificant at this point. Like, case in point, all right, with NXT right now, who is actually in NXT, Chris? <laughs> you know, that's a difficult one to, uh, to answer because half the time... If they're on NXT, 9 out of 10, they're going to end up showing up on SmackDown or Raw. Or vice versa, if they're on Raw or SmackDown, they'll show up on NXT. Case in point, Sasha Banks and Bayley showing up on all three brands. Oh, my God. Can we just can we just not even call them brands anymore? Yeah. I don't understand that. It's, it's WWE. That is it. And yep. every show is starting to look the same, even NXT. Now, NXT still has the better in-ring product. I don't think anyone is going to deny that. But for right now, like, even they're starting to look like Raw and SmackDown, are they not? Yeah, they are. You can tell that uh, a lot of uh, creative uh, juices are starting to lean to the wayside in NXT and uh, Vince is trying to pull in a little more of a stranglehold on it than usual. Yeah, he's trying to put a... Think of how ridiculous that sounds, Chris. He's trying to put a stranglehold on his own brands. Yeah, it's really stupid. What, does that make any sense? No, it, it doesn't. And, and the sad thing is is that Vince McMahon is the one that's stifling the creativeness in the company. Yeah, I know, because it seems like when anyone has a good idea or whatnot, it's like, nope, I didn't think of that, so it's not a good idea or whatnot. Case in point, all right? I've heard Bruce Pritchard talk about this on his podcast numerous times, all right? When Shawn Michaels was coming up, right? Mm -hmm. He was a heel. They pitched the idea to Vince McMahon, him and Jim Cornette, I think. It might not have been Jim Cornette. It might have been someone else. I think it was JR, actually. Him and JR tried to pitch... Michael's being a baby face the whole entire time. They were like, they were like, you've got a baby face on your hands. And he's like, I don't want to ever hear about Shawn Michaels being a baby face again. It will not happen. Blah, blah, blah. Months later, he, go- he goes up to them and says, am I not the only one that sees we have a baby face on our hands? <laughs> like, Seriously? Even Bruce Pritchard was just like, yeah, we did see that when we pitched it to you 50 fucking times, Vince, and you denied it every single time. But since you came up with the idea, now it's a good idea, right? Yeah, that's how it goes with Vince McMahon. And look, I I can't take anything away from Vince when it comes to that because here's I might criticize him for that, but I'll admit, he created a world to himself where he is in complete control of everything. Yeah. I'm, you know, I can't take that away from the guy. I'm pretty sure there's a shit ton of people out there who would love to do that right now, but have no opportunity to do that. But he did. Yeah, he did. He created his own little world, his own little bubble, and everybody inside of that are his little play items, and he does what he wants to with them, and if you don't like it, well, you hit the bricks. I mean, it, literally. And what was this thing about Cody and the Great American Bash you were going to okay, bring up? Okay, so let's go ahead and go over this, because this happened way before you know any of these events were announced. All right. Uh, Cody actually was going to go, you know Cody's been on sort of a crusade to get the, uh, the intellectual properties that his father, the late, great Dusty Rhodes, created. 
He was not able to get Starcade because, according to him and his words, Michael Hayes was trying to save his job, so he resurrected Starcade as a live event in North Carolina. Um, he oh my that. God! And and think of the history of Starcade. All right, Starcade. At one point, Starcade had two of the biggest matches of all time for them. First, Sting and Hogan, yep. obviously, um, and one. People might laugh at me for, but it was it was definitely big when it was advertised was Goldberg versus Kevin Nash. That is true, but you also got to think about the very first one that uh, that happened. Dusty Rhodes and well, actually, I'm sorry, Harley Race, Race and, and Ric Flair, Flair inside of a steel Dusty cage. Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. Yeah. I mean, so many matches at Starcade, and it was the very first. Pay-per-view. No, it wasn't WrestleMania, which probably eats at Vince or something like that. But it was Starcade that was the one that really revolutionized the pay-per-view wrestling industry. Agreed. And, and here's the funny thing about it is Cody was trying to get the intellectual properties. He, you know, he went for Bash at the Beach and was successful with it. Um, he went for the Great American Bash because the trademark with WWE was set to expire. He was on the verge of getting it, but then WWE, as soon as they found out, went in and said, oh, well, we weren't able to you know, renew this trademark because we were having issues due to the COVID-19, and they granted them the trademark again. And shortly after granting the trademark, that's when Fighter Fest was announced, and then Great American Bash was announced shortly after. Again, not even a weak build to it. Nope. It was just announced. Yeah. Because we have to take a shot at AEW. I mean, they took a shot at AEW as well when, remember, they had, they did Fighter Fest, or it was Fight for the Fallen, rather, the first time. And it was last year that they did Fight, fight for the Fallen. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even supposed to be a pay-per-view event. It was supposed to be on free YouTube TV at the time. Like, you could go yeah. on YouTube and watch it. And it was, like, it wasn't even... Like it wasn't a pay per view, but it was a it was a charity event yeah. for victims of gun violence, which is what Tony Khan has been wanting to do for a long time. And then they put Evolve up against it. Yeah. Which I have nothing against Evolve and some of that and we'll talk about them coming up soon here. But I just yeah, like it just seems so petty. It does. But I like how Cody took it. Cody's like if they do something great with it, that's fine. It honors my father's legacy. That's cool, as long as you don't do something crappy like you did with Starcade. Well, and I'll give, you, I'll give him that, I mean, because both nights of the Great American Bash for NXT were great. Yeah. They, they were. They had great in-ring stuff, especially the stuff, I don't care what anyone says, I love the stuff they're doing with Keith Lee and uh, Adam Cole, baby! But he rested peace. I knew that was coming, and... <laughs> Well, I mean, his brother's doing great in NXT. I feel bad for him, though. <laughs> I was just about to say, Hangman Adam Page was on a podcast, AEW Unrestricted. <laughs> he said, "He said, yeah, well, I think his brother's doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I love that stuff. But I love what they're doing with that, all right? But can someone answer me this in NXT? What the fuck is Finn Balor doing? Sitting there. Why? I guess because he just brings a little bit of notoriety to the brand. He ain't doing anything else worthwhile. He's not in the title picture. Again, he had one of the greatest gimmicks I've ever seen in my life with the demon character and what they could have done with that and whatnot. And then just all of a sudden, nothing. 
nothing. Yeah. He he's the first universal champion, and then he gets injured at SummerSlam for no fault of his own, and then they take the belt out off of him. Obviously, you know, no choice at that point. So basically, said screw him. But then he comes back and nothing, just nothing. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's sad. And if you make but it. True. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll just a moment. All right. Uh, but here's the thing. If you've made your name outside of WWE, like Finn Balor did, uh, he goes into WWE and he starts making a bigger name for himself. And then uh, any plans that gets Ixnade, oh, well, it's his fault. Screw him. They, they send him back to the bottom of the barrel thinking that they had something good. And, and now they have nothing for him. But here's my thing, right? Okay, so... You make a name for so let's just say AJ Styles for example. Correct. He makes a name for himself in TNA all those years, and people said, "Well, there's no way in hell he'll work for WWE now because he's a TNA guy and whatnot." Here's my thing: I've always said that is such horseshit because why would you not want to have a guy doing well and making money for merchandise and all that for your company? Yeah. Please explain the mindset to me. I'm guessing Vince's mindset is that if I didn't make you, I don't need you. But you are making them. You're making them bigger. It Okay, so they have a name identity, all right, when they come in. Okay, but then they get an even bigger name identity well, when they come I in. I think that's the problem is that they own that identity. And once they leave, Vince can't control that identity. He don't own AJ Styles. As a matter of fact... They had to negotiate with Bill Barings just to get AJ Styles under contract. Well, that too, and Samoa Joe yeah. as well as as well as Robert Roode mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But Finn Balor, that's totally a WWE property. Yeah, he can't a, use a, Finn Balor. No, he can't, and he can't use the Demon anywhere either. No, he can't. So, but I, I guess it's the point of you failed me once. Screw you. You're going back to the bottom of the barrel. I don't have anything for you. But that's just, to me, and again, he has the perfect gimmick for WWE. Like, it just... Maybe Finn doesn't want to be there anymore. Maybe just, maybe he's just poking around until his contract expires. Maybe he does. I don't know. I cannot tell. I mean, I loved the stuff he was doing with Gargano at first. You know, I even liked his NXT return at at first. I was like, like, okay, you know, if they do something with him, this is going to be good. And especially a match between him and Adam Cole. I mean, yeah, that would, God. That would be on uh, top of the world right That there. would blow anything AEW was doing. I'll admit it. Adam Cole versus uh, Finn Balor. Everyone's going to be watching that shit. Of course. But they just... I, I don't know. I, I can't... I just don't understand it. But Cody... Getting back to Cody trying to yeah. get those trademarks. And yeah, stuff and, like that. and he didn't get them, but I like what he did uh, just to kind of get back at him. Uh, night one of Fighter Fest, he wore a shirt that said "The American Nightmare Cody," and it was in the exact same style of the original Great American Bash logo. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. That's great. And, 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 and then there's another thing is. You know he hasn't been able to get the trademark for his name. You know, which is the most ridiculous thing because I'm like, it's his name. Well, his name is Reynolds. Well, the um, but he wants to use Cody Rhodes, but WWE owns the copyright on that. They own the trademark on that. So when it came up, 
He went to go put it in, and WWE beat him to the punch again and said, you know what, middle finger, you're not having this name. Well, then how is Dustin Rhodes? Because he was under the name Goldust. He never used his actual name in WWE. That's right, he didn't. He didn't. He used Goldust and Dustin Runnels at one point when he was doing, thank you, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and don't watch Mount Venus and whatnot. Right, but Cody came in as Cody Rhodes, dashing Cody Rhodes, whatever. And then Stardust. So when Cody left, they held on to that copyright so he could not use the Rhodes name anywhere he went. But doesn't matter. He's making his name as the American Nightmare Cody. Which I don't even think he wanted to use the last name Rhodes in the first place when he went on the Independence. He wanted to be just known as Cody because he was trying to separate himself. He's like, I am my own man. I'm showing you all that I am my own man. And he has done... A fabulous job of he that. Really I is. mean, he is one of the most over superstars in wrestling right now. He really is, and that's surprising because he's got the mindset of his father. He really does. I mean, Dusty was great at business and good on the microphone and even a better performer in the ring and a great entertainer. And Cody inherited all of that and then some. Yes. He really had it all the way down to the lift. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... And I don't think it's a shot toward AEW more or less than it's a shot toward Cody each and every time they turn around. Well, because here's my thing. If you if Vince McMahon thinks that he can compete with Tony Khan's money, good fucking luck. All right? You Vince McMahon may be a billionaire, we all know this, but Tony Khan um it's even been said by people by JR himself. He, he's Tony Khan has more money than Vince. Yeah. So there ain't no way you're going to be able to compete. Tony Khan has uh, multiple things above Vince McMahon. Number one, Tony Khan owns arenas. Number two, Tony Khan owns a football team. A stadium. And a stadium. Uh, a t- number three, he owns it. Here's how much he owns that stadium. He can literally put the wrestling ring in the middle of it and no one can tell him that he has to take it out. Exactly. The same I mean, that, thing with Daly's Place. Yeah. He owns Daly's Place. Yeah, he owns Daly's Place as well. I mean, that's why they had the press conference and they had all the fireworks and stuff like that when they announced AEW. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, his family owns multiple venues in and around Florida and around the world. And several international businesses that are on uh, network TVs uh, across the world. Exactly. So... Vince can't compete with that. And also, another thing, I am so sick of everyone saying it's Tony Khan's parents' money. Yes, his parents are helping with AEW, but he has his own money. Like, exactly. he, he is not reliant on his parents. Like, that, I'm so sick of people saying that or calling him a money mark because I just I don't fucking understand that. Do you? No, I don't. Jim Cornette calls him a money mark all the time. He's a fucking money mark. No, he's not a money mark. He had, he earned his own money and made his own money. Uh, nobody said that about Donald Trump. I, I guarantee. Well, <laughs> many people say stuff about Trump. But I'm talking about beforehand, before all this hit. Nobody course. said that about him. Well, and he was brought into WWE to perform at WrestleMania. <laughs> which Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned his ass. Anyways. They should do it now. <laughs> Don't a lot of people. I'd give him a hell yeah. I guarantee you, though, if had Jim Cornette, if uh, AEW was to offer him a contract right now, he'd take it in a you know fucking he'd heartbeat. he'd take it in a heartbeat. And he can't, he can't convince me otherwise. No, not a damn snowball's chance in hell because he gave the microphone to say whatever the fuck you wanted to. 
<laughs> Open up a can of fucking whoop ass on every fucking body. What do you? How do you think he would call a a, a Marco stunt match in AEW? I don't think he'd even call it. I think he'd just sit there and watch it, and then bitch about it on his podcast because he can't do it in person. Yeah, Walk right up to Tony Khan. That was a great match. And then the next thing you know, I hated that son of a bitch's fucking match. And I had to smile at Tony Khan and tell him it was great. Because he's a fucking idiot. And then I go back to work the next day. I just said that stuff on the podcast just to, you know, for my fans and my listeners. Because they expect that from me. I actually appreciate everything you did. Please don't take away my paychecks. <laughs> I got to pay for them rhinestone tennis rackets. Come on now. I guarantee he'd make more money than he ever did in NWA. Uh, yeah, fucking A he would. <laughs> Uh, Do I get free passes to the Jaguars games? Come on. <laughs> I don't think he would give a shit about that. No, but I'd be surprised if he's scalping them tickets right there. Like it's it. very true. I mean, hell, the uh, fucking SoCal Uncensored and all them went to the Super Bowl on Tony Khan's watch. Exactly. <laughs> Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy no. the riches. That's why you sign there and stuff like that. No, th- there's nothing wrong with that. No. I just, you know, it... And I guess it pisses me off, folks, so much that WWE does this stuff. Because, again, for so long I have said it. If there is only one promotion, then there is no way that the wrestling business can survive. Well, it's just, it's, it's, it's just business in general. You can't have a McDonald's without a Burger King or a Wendy's because the competition is there. You can't have Pepsi without Coke. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just... You just, you can't have that. And two, that's the reason, you know, that the independence went, you know, was on the rise. It wasn't just because AJ Styles came back to it or Cody was on it or the Bucks or the Bullet Club in general like that. It was because fans legit were tired of WWE. It's This PG crap is not working. They're we still all tired of it. I mean, even now we're tired of it. I mean, good God. And look, there are some things that WWE is doing great, all right? The Bailey heel turn, it's fucking perfect. The the whole Bailey heel turn, I've been behind that from day one. I've loved every single minute, and she is doing amazing with it. I just like watching She's, her in the ring. I'm sure you do, you I perv. Do. I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> Me and uh, half a million people on Twitter. Well, this is very true. But here's, here's the thing, especially when she wears, like, those leather pants or and the jeans. jeans. Shut up. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, here's the thing. When she came out originally, it looked like she was playing a wrestler. It yeah. looked like she was playing a character. Now she is no longer playing a character. Like, you are seeing Bailey. Yeah. Or you are seeing, what was her name on the Independence? I don't even remember. I, I don't remember, but they did something on the network with that as well. But I've loved that. I like, actually, if they're going the direction that I think that they're going, I kind of like the Iconics versus Ruby Riot right now because it looks like it's going to bring Liv Morgan into that and it looks like we're going to have a pretty good tag team feud. I like yeah. that stuff. I love Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is amazing. Has his championship run been that spectacular? No, because there ain't nobody there know how to book a world title match anymore it seems like i love the stuff that anything bray wyatt does is great although is he now becoming like fucking tommy oliver of the power rangers universe (laughs) where he can just morph into any fucking 
form of himself now? I guess or is so. he now or is he Mick Foley? A mix of the two. He's Tommy Foley. <laughs> or, or Mick Oliver or whatever. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting combination there. Vince gave him the legacy fuck it, so anytime he messes something up he just hits it and goes back to a gimmick. <laughs> um Braun Strowman, man, he is a legit walking monster. He is. And here's the thing. It's been a while since you've been able to say that because normally when you get a guy that size, it seems like, like Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar, who are great in their own right. But here's the thing. Whenever they speak, they come out with this very high-pitched voice and everything like that. Yeah. But Braun Strowman, no, that's like, listen to his voice. His voice matches his body type. It does. It's fucking perfect. I love a lot of the stuff that they're doing with the cinematic stuff. I did not like Money in the Bank, though. Oh, that, that sucked. Yeah, that was terrible. But the AJ Styles versus Undertaker thing was, oh my God, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. The Firefly Funhouse was amazing and stuff like that. The Velveteen so, Dream versus Adam Cole. I did that like good. I did like that, and I love anything Velveteen Dream does because he's great. So. I like, I do like a lot of the stuff that they're doing. It's the behind-the-scenes stuff that I'm not getting with. It's it's the way that they're running things. Like, here's my thing. Why can Vince McMahon, Chris, not just sit back and enjoy his riches? Because he's an idiot. Apparently, the man's a workaholic, <laughs> and he doesn't know when to say, okay, I'm done. Now... They did come out when they were recording the uh, recent uh, episodes of Raw. They did a back-to-back recording. He did not stay for whole recordings. He left. He left and left everybody else there to, to finish up. Well, you know, he's really old now. Like, he's almost in his 80s, right? Or is it 70s? Or, it's got to be... going close to his 80s. It's got to be late 70s or early 80s right now that he is in. So there's no way in hell he's going to be able to stay for them all. Uh-uh. I mean, no his, chance. his health is probably kind of declining <laughs> at this point. Although he probably is in great shape, though, as well. He's, he's in great shape for an old man. He but really you can is, tell but... you can tell in interviews just from his eyes like, like he's, he's tired. tired. He did... What the fuck? Why are you still going like you were going back in the 80s, early 90s? Yeah. Get it up. Yeah, and you're trying to not only do that, but you tried to also launch a football company again and everything like that. And here was the thing. I also maintain this about the XFL. The XFL shut down not just because the season ended like it did, but because he had no control over it. Yeah. And which is insane to me because it's like, Vince, you don't know anything about football. Yeah, and you don't need to have control over it. You put people in place who do know how to do it, and you make the money off of it because you fucking own it. That's true, which is what you should be doing with WWE. Does he, like, for, for the longest time, NXT was looked at as the better show than Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, and that Exactly. And here's here's the thing. He should have looked at that and gone, okay, clearly I need to take just a step back, let them run it, and I can still go into the headquarters every now and then. I can still own everything, and I still control everything. Guess what? You don't need to book, though, every single fucking angle at this point. Exactly. You, and I, I don't get the firing of Paul Heyman. I did not understand that. 
I didn't get the firing of Eric Bischoff as well. Like, it, it was just like, dude, you had the perfect opportunity to just lay back and let them run it. You have the perfect opportunity with Triple H, Stephanie, and Shane at the Still same not time. It because he has to have his finger on everything. He feels like if his finger's not on everything, it's going to run in the dirt. You know what? It's a publicly traded company. He has a board of directors that he has to answer to. Why don't they just do what they did with uh, every other fucking lead board person that doesn't know what they're doing? Vote his ass out. Put somebody in place. They have the authority to do that. The shareholders of the company could do that. But problem is, apparently, he's the majority shareholder, so therefore he has all authority. I was about to say, it's, yeah. like, it's like when Ted Turner first did the mergence of AOL. What's well, actually not even them, but when he when he owned Turner Networks and stuff like that. That was the reason WCW was able to stay on and he could move it wherever he wanted to because he was the majority shareholder. shareholder. His vote weighed more than everyone else. Same thing with Vince, which is a smart idea, obviously. But, again, it's just there comes a time in your life where you need, at this age... You just need to sit back. You yeah. just need to sit back and enjoy your riches. Enjoy the product for what it is and realize that it is in good hands. Yeah. Stephanie and uh, Triple H have proved that they can run the company just fine. Shane. Shane has great ideas for the business. And you got all these people who are backstage who have been working. In the wrestling business for many, many years. Now, some people, though, that are on the writing team, I, I suggest they get the fuck out of there. They most, of the writing, most of the writing team consists of Hollywood writers. And, and, and you have the occasional wrestling Yeah, there, and here's the thing, too, with that. And I didn't mean to cut you off. Fine. But, but, like, but, like, here's the thing with that as well. Is that the so-called Hollywood writers that they have aren't even known for writing anything good in Hollywood. No, they just find them off on the street. They, they apply and like, oh, you know how to write? Good, come on in. Well, it's not even that. Like, like they had one guy I remember hearing that came in one time, and he wrote on the set of some, like, 80s uh, TV show that wasn't even that popular. <laughs> so It, it shows was like, you how ridiculous they are. I just, I don't, and look, I get that we have to have out-of-the-box ideas. And even, you know, which was the dumbest thing I heard from bro, was uh, AEW needs to hire some Hollywood writers. And I went, yes, because that's helping WWE right now exactly. so much, you dumb fuck. You have, look, it's okay to have people who... Know the wrestling, right, so like, they need to know the wrestling business, Yeah. alright, they need to be a fan of the product, but it's okay for them to have outside of the box ideas, exactly. we've seen that over the years, but you still have to know wrestling, because it's a wrestling show, I don't give a fuck if you try to put entertainment over it or not, it is a wrestling show. Wrestling is the forefront of the product. It's what everybody tunes in to watch. Exactly. If people wanted to watch a soap opera or a play, they would go watch a soap opera or a play. Yeah. When they want, when they watch a wrestling show, they want to see fucking wrestling. Oh my god, what a tremendous, what an interesting concept, right? It's just, I don't know. I 
you know, and, and there's so much things we can talk about with WWE, but apparently they're in trouble again because they've got like over 30 people that have tested positive for COVID-19, uh, from what I read. Yeah, which is going to show that the way that they're testing and checking their employees is not the way that is uh, actually a viable way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, and now I've heard that if you're caught not wearing a mask in WWE, you get three fines, apparently. First one, you get a $500 fine. Second, you get a $5,000 fine or something like that, or a $1,000 fine or something like that. Third, actually, you might just be released at that point. Well, I don't know. About it. So everybody that comes out on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT... Are they getting fined as they walk to the ring? No, see yeah. now, obviously, Crazy. if you're obviously if you're in the ring and you're doing that, then obviously that's null that's null and void. But it's like when you go to the backstage area and you're done after that, you have to put on a mask or something like that. I don't fucking know, dude. It's like, just ridiculous. They're making shit up as they go along. It's it's clear that they're doing that. And again, I don't wish ill upon WWE. They have the WWE Network. It plays old WCW matches and events and stuff like that. I will always love the WWE Network, and I will still praise it to this day. But there's just things that they're doing that is not working clearly. Raw is not working being a three-hour, especially being a three-hour program and no fucking crowds. Yeah. None whatsoever. And, yeah, you can put in your little plants and stuff like that, which is, again, you're copying straight off of AEW after fucking double or nothing. Well, at least they get to sit down. Yeah. You know, people who are in the crowd at uh, WWE live tapings, they're standing up the whole fucking time. You took all the chairs out of the arena area, and, and you got the hockey glass. I just, I, I don't know. I don't understand um, all that, but... You know, that's enough talk about WWE. I'm sure we can rant on and on about WWE, and I'll probably do it again here on this podcast. It'll probably happen every single episode, yeah. folks. You know, it, it is what it is. But you know what? We're going to talk about some more wrestling news and events going on and stuff like that when we come back after a word here from TNB Studios. We've got a lot more to come here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, including an awesome watch-along. Don't miss out. Come on back with us. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network podcast right here on TNB Studios. Hello, Internet. It's Chris Dickens. And have you ever considered going to a restaurant but wasn't sure about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their ease of access? Well, let me take the stress out of that by offering you the chance to listen to the newest podcast on TMB Studios called The Bite. On The Bite, yours truly goes to these restaurants in and around the nation and lets you know from my own firsthand experience about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their location's ease of access. And then you, the consumer, can make the decision on your own account listening for this podcast if the place is worth your time and your money. All you have to do is just tune in for brand new episodes of The Bite. It's worth the time, worth the patience, and ultimately, worth your sanity. Check out The Bite on TMB Studios. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoball Wrestling Network. On TMB Studios. 
All right, welcome back to the Stovall Wrestling Network Podcast, SWN, right here with myself, Caleb Stovall, and Chris Mother Effin' Dickens. Yup, yup. And, uh, Chris, we were talking about, you know, Fighter Fest versus the Great American Bash and whatnot, so, and let's talk about some AEW, or All Elite Wrestling, uh, as it is. All right. And I want to talk about it because I've been seeing a lot of stuff on the internet, obviously, and everyone has to take what the internet says to heart, obviously. But here's the thing, all right? So the Great American Bash apparently has beaten AEW in the ratings Mm -hmm. for these two nights, apparently. Well, at least for the first night, and I think they beat them a week before that or something like that, but AEW won in their key demographic that they're trying to go for, which is the 18 to 30 year old. Uh, I would, I don't even want to say male demographic, but the 18 to 30 year old demographic. Right, right. All right. So now, obviously, since you know AEW just lost two straight in a row, they're obviously going downhill, right? I, all right. So let's open up the discussion. Is AEW in trouble, or is everyone just blowing all this shit out of proportion? I'm going to go with option B. Yeah, they're blowing shit out of proportion. How is AEW already in trouble because they lose a ratings war? They, they, they're not losing in the ratings because of, you know, anything in particular. Who even cares about ratings these days? Ratings are, like, obsolete because we have streaming services. Obsolete! <laughs> Delete! <laughs> Don't ever do that ever again. It just <laughs> automatically comes out. And but you know, ratings are uh, are, are no longer an issue because streaming services. I almost said it again. <laughs> but you know, you have streaming services. You have DVR, and. You know, that's how people watch their shows now, and there's no way to... And a lot of people don't that. even have cable anymore. Exactly, so... I can't tell you the last time I had cable, actually. Like, I don't have cable. I have Netflix, Hulu, and the WWE Network. That's about here, here too, and I have uh, Philo and Pluto TV. Exactly, uh, there's all so. these other things coming out, and HBO Max is out now. Like, there's, it's almost... Cable's going to be non-existent in a few years, yeah, it seems like. It just seems for like. for internet. Yeah, um, that, and like, it seems like all cable is used for is live events now. Basically, that's it. Or live sporting events, more than likely. But it, you can't base a company's success off of just their ratings alone. I mean, they've got a, a, a multi-year deal with TNT... They got action figures coming out. They got a video game in the works. But you know, they're doing so terrible with everything like that, obviously. And here's also my thing, all right? If ratings really hurt a company that bad, then WCW would have been out of business in 99. They would have been out of business way before that. They'd have been been out out of business way before that. But. That doesn't define a company, all right? What defines a company is how it's handled, is how management works and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, AEW, who, again, is owned by Tony Khan that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, among other fucking businesses, it's not going to go away anytime soon. No. In fact, it's probably going to be around, folks. 
surpass yours in my lifetime. That's almost a guarantee. And, and see, he's got the right formula in place. He's running the, the company. He runs the company. He makes the investments. He gets the job done where it needs to get done. He's got people who are smart about the business who are in charge of the day-to-day -day operations of said business. And, and he also um, is, is helping write in the TV as well. Right. Writing it and producing it, which there's no problem with. No, all right. I mean, that's kind of what he's supposed to do as well. Now I know that there's been a lot of criticism with the women's division, which they're trying to get back on track. And apparently, a lot of people don't like Kenny Omega for that. I don't understand that, but that's another. I guess that's another issue all to itself. But I just don't understand. Why, like, every time AEW, I mean, they could do a little storyline that flubs and people are like, Oh, they're going downhill. They're about to go out of business. Blah, blah, blah. They may out of business. Why do you want them to go out of business, folks? It's almost like they're looking for a reason to just have a negative thought process on it. Is it just because they've been filled with negative, like, for a long time when it comes to wrestling promotions? Well, obviously, because... You get behind TNA and all of a sudden it flounders and drops. You get behind Ring of Honor and they're floundering and falling off. NWA was like big time, hey, we're back, we're in your face. And everybody got behind it for a minute and all of a sudden now it's on the bottom of the barrel with a lot of this MLW. MLW is on the bottom of the barrel again. There's not a lot of successfulness behind these promotions. Uh, even Evolve, we'll get into that later on, but it's just... There's been a lot of sour taste when it comes to, to the wrestling business. Anybody trying to step up their game ends up floundering, and all of a sudden, you know, AEW's doing good, and I guess everybody's looking for that one thing that's going to put them under. So as soon as it happens, yeah. oh, they're, they're done. They're through. It's over. Yeah, one little storyline flub does not mean your whole show's going to shit. All right? In fact, it doesn't even matter if you have every single storyline sucks. In fact, name me a good storyline in TNA when Vince Russo was writing it. Hell, right? name me a good storyline right now in WWE that's catching everybody's attention. But yeah, they're still around. They exactly. definitely ain't going out of business anytime soon. I don't give a fuck what anyone says on that. Like, there's just, there's no way in hell. But... I just, I, I just don't get that mindset when it comes to wrestling fans and whatnot. And here's another example, all right? You're going to tell me that everything in the Attitude Era was that great? Absolutely fucking choppy, choppy, pee-pee. All right, GTV. So you're, that's why they call you the Big Show? Yeah, there, was a, there were matches such as on that. There were matches in there. There was a bloodbath match. Yeah. Think about that. A bloodbath match. No, 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 no. Not where it was a first blood match, which I can get behind, obviously, but not a first blood matchup. No, you actually have to take a bucket of red liquid and dump it all over your opponent to win the matchup. Give me a fucking break. We had a dog pound match with Al Snow and the Big Boss Man where they had a steel cage with Kill another from steel hell cage. Kill is from what hell. it was called. And they had, uh, was it pit bulls running around the outside? It was supposed to be vicious pit bulls. But instead, they just crapped all over the place, and it was a stinker. No it, pun intended. It, it literally was. So, I just don't understand it. Whenever 
whenever they have a storyline that is so terrible or whatnot, everyone just thinks, oh, well, they're going downhill, they're going out of business, blah, blah, blah. I mean, fuck, Ring of Honor hadn't had that many winners when it comes to storylines. No, they really haven't. And but they've had some of the best stuff. Yeah, they have. And But as of late, you know, they're in the stink pot, too. They're not doing anything worthwhile. Well, they're not doing anything anything because of COVID. I'm talking about before COVID hit. That's true. They weren't doing anything worthwhile. Nobody said that when they had that big show at Madison Square Garden and everything went the way it did, nobody said, oh, Ring of Honor's getting ready to go out of business. We talked about it. We discussed that maybe they made the wrong decisions, but nothing about they're going out of business came out of anybody's mouth online. Well, look, you can write the greatest storylines in the history of what you think is. You know, like, you can write it and it looks good on paper. Sometimes it's not executed properly. Correct. All right? We get that. That doesn't mean, though, that you're going to get thrown off the air or that you're going to get canceled or that you're going out of business. And I just... I just don't understand that mindset. Well, it goes back to the whole little engine that could thing. I mean, you look at AEW. Uh, well, first of all, before go you go off on that, um, everyone's favorite, ECW. You're going to tell me that every storyline was that great? No. Absolutely. They had someone crucified, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Not and that mention, almost threw them off the air. Not to mention that there was one point where they were trying to scramble. They had a chick climb up on the balcony and strip. Live television. Exactly. And it was Shane Douglas's idea of all of all things. That's why I mean, he's a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> but what what were you about to say? I was gonna say, I mean, look at look at how AEW came to be, okay? We saw the the, the leaving of the bullet club members, the main bullet club members from New Japan, and you know, all of a sudden copyrights came into play. We didn't even know about Tony Khan at the time. We didn't know about anything. We just knew about uh, AEW. All Elite Wrestling was a trademark that was filed. And then when the announcement was made, they didn't have anything but the company. The first person they got was Chris Jericho. They made a buzz. Okay? Now, all of a sudden, they announced TNT. They announced they're going to be on uh, Turner Network again. They had their very first show in Las Vegas. Vegas. It sold out in mere minutes. Yeah. So, here's what's going on. All those people who are sitting there saying, oh, they're getting ready to go out of business, are all those people in the wrestling business who have sour grapes because somebody finally realized what the winning formula is and actually did something that is said cannot be done. They won, sold out an arena in no time flat. From a business standpoint, starting up, that should never happen. We've said that countless times. They did it. Number two, a man who wasn't even in the wrestling business in the form of Tony Khan stepped in the wrestling business and was successful, unlike Ted Turner, who stepped in the wrestling business and failed miserably. And Why? He, and he didn't even he didn't even have like he didn't make any decisions when it came no, to WCW. No, he didn't even run his damn company. The only decision he ever made that was anything smart was putting a nitro no, nitro on the air. And, and that was it. He had all these yes and men. And that was a gamble. Charge. Yeah. He had all these yes men in charge, whereas Tony Khan doesn't have yes men in charge. He has individuals who know the business, who run the business, who have a mind for the business, in the places where they need to be for the business. I, it's just, 
and then, of course, they're like, oh, well, the wrestlers are in charge, so everyone's booking their own shit. If that's the case, then why aren't the Young Bucks tag champs right now? Why did Cody go ahead and make it to where he couldn't battle for the world title? But, you know, he's a TNT champ, but guess what? He's bringing ratings, he's bringing viewership, and he's bringing legitimacy to a belt, and he's also making stars. Yeah, That's yeah, the point. Yeah, if, if, if you know, they, they don't want to, and I think Scott Steiner's coming in to do a math promo on you uh, and stuff like that, as you can hear in the background. But, anyway. Did I hit a third degree axis wrong and divided by two on the negative side? No, but you, you told the freaks and all the peeps <laughs> or something like that. Whatever. Anyways, but, uh, no, because... Here's the thing. Everyone, you know, said at first, that they were like, oh, well, everyone's just going to book themselves to win, just like WCW and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, then in the tag team tournaments that they had, the Young Bucks got eliminated in the first round. Yeah. Um, Cody cannot tra challenge for the world title, as you mentioned, and he put over MJF. Yeah, and I don't see Kenny Omega wrestling in the women's division. Well, that, and I don't see Kenny Omega really doing any, like, he's not the world champion, and he's not the five-star bout machine or anything, or the six-star bout machine, whatever no. it's called. You know, it's, and, and people are getting on to Kenny Omega, and I'm sitting there going, I don't think he wants to be the tippy-top. He just wants to help make other things Exactly, right now and that's what something. they don't understand about this group of guys. Cody, the Young Bucks, uh, Omega. They don't care about themselves. They care about the business. They are fans of the business. They want to make the business better. Now, do they care about themselves as well? Obviously, they do. Well, they I mean, do, but if, here's the to. thing. Why promote yourself when you can, you can promote and push everybody around you and be successful in your own promotion? You make money... When everybody's successful. That's what I'm saying. Because in the Attitude Era, that's why everyone was so on board with the Attitude Era. And they were so behind Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because they were like, if he's if he's popular, then we're all popular. Like, that's what, you know, Sean Waltman makes the statement every time. He's like, I made a lot of money because of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And had he not been on top, no one would have made any money or anything exactly. like that. And that's a different story. But again, I just, I can't stand that just every time it seems like AEW does something wrong or anyone thinks that they do something wrong. Have they not put on consistent pay-per-views yep. so far? Have they not put on consistent events? Consistent dynamites, for that matter? And I think the other thing that they, they look at with AEW is they don't have a live show touring schedule. They don't do it. They do the dynamite tapings. They do their big events. That's it. They do their dark tapings before and after the dynamite tapings. Well, I, so they to have me, one that, day of taping. Well, to me, that doesn't ex overexpose the talent. Then, like, well, it doesn't overexpose the talent. It also doesn't kill the talent. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, because that's the problem with WWE right now. Is I'm like, like we said. I see Bailey and Sasha Banks on all three fucking brands. I'm so tired of it after a while. Same thing with, like, so many other people. When you have that much television, it's just like, how could... That was the problem when Nitro was was 
on fire and they went three hours and then they added two hours on Thursday. That's what yep. diluted the product because it was like, okay, well now we can no longer build pay-per-views for that matter. Now no matches mean anything. No title matches mean anything. Yep. And that's the problems that you run into and stuff like that. And to me, I just think all of the criticism or all of the critiques of all elite wrestling, I'm just sitting there just like, y'all just shut the fuck up. They clearly know what they are they doing. They know what they're doing. Uh, they use Dynamite as their main program to build uh, storylines and matches and feuds. They use Dark online to let younger talent who they're looking at have an opportunity to get there, showcase what they can do, and they possibly can get a contract. Yeah, and Dark is actually worth watching as well because they actually have some good main events on that. I mean, hell, they had an unsanctioned match with Joey Janela and Kenny Omega on it. Yep, like, and they, that was crazy. And they utilized Dark kind of like what WCW Worldwide was. They have the command Which center. Which is one of my favorite Shirani. shows of yeah. all time. So, I mean, they know what they're doing. And if they keep the formula they have right now, they're going to be successful. They already are successful. Yeah, and look, everything is up in the air right now because of COVID-19. Right. No one knows what to do about COVID-19. They're all trying to play that by ear. But AEW is doing fine. You know, hell, even WWE is doing all right in the COVID-19 era. They're not doing great right now, in my opinion at least, but, you know, somebody else could have something different. Uh, we mentioned TNA, though, um, uh, uh, just a minute ago, and right. we're going to talk about some TNA when we come back. We're going to take another quick commercial break here on the Stovall Wrestling Network and get a word from your studios, Mr. TMB Studios himself. Come on back with us. Which is doing just fine during COVID-19. Yes, you just had to throw that in there. I did, because I'm better than Vince. Well, all right. Come on back with us. He makes more money than you. Uh, still. Anyways, come on back with us here on the Stoneball Wrestling Network, SWN Podcast. Chris, you fucked me up! I'm begging you, don't pull that trigger. Don't ever tell the Marines to pull that trigger! Hey, I'm Survivor Payne, Bill Blanchard, and as United States Marines, we all love to shoot! And we're going to do it right here on the Wrestling Shootout. We are going to shoot on all things professional wrestling. I will have every single guest that comes to my show. We're going to shoot now if it's WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't care if it's the IWE, Ohio Pro, or even UCW. Well, we're going to get into that, too, whether they come back or don't come back, or even, well, how are we going to shoot on WECCW? Wait, I know they're not right. Anyways, on the brand new season of the Wrestling Shootout, anytime comes to my damn show, lock on and let's lock up, and let's get ready to shoot, baby. I ain't holding back, and you never told Marine to pull that trigger. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoneball Wrestling Network, on TMB Studios. Alright, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network and it's time to talk about Impact Wrestling because they are coming out with Slammiversary now. Yes. And uh, it's, it's uh, what is this, the 18th Slammiversary or the 19th? July 18th. Okay. Uh, I don't know what, what number it is. Uh, I just know it's taking place July 18th and that's significant because... That's the date that a lot of contracts expire. 
Yes, yes, that is very true. And um, it, they've already been teasing that a number of people are coming to Slammiversary, it yeah. seems like. Including some that, that have already been confirmed, and that's uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Oh, yeah, 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 I, I did see that. Um, and I'll be curious as to what they're going to do in Impact Wrestling because obviously Luke Gallows has been there, but yeah. Carl Anderson has not. If I'm, he has, but it was uh, not a part of the team with anybody else. He was just in there. I think it's like a one night only event. Oh, but Luke Gallows, of course, a member of the Aces and Eights. Yes, uh, coming off of his was it Festus gimmick? Some no, actually, because he had been Doc Gallows. Actually, he was Doc Gallows. Well, he was in Doc TNA. Gallows in TNA, and, and he was Luke Gallows in WWE, obviously, because. He was actually he got transformed with CM Punk, yeah, with yeah, the Straight right, Edge right, Society, right. which was great by but the way. Their contracts uh, apparently will allow them to go and work for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. So we'll get to see them return back to uh, NJPW, which is which will actually be good for them. Really? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be awesome, especially you know since New Japan is really where they made their name. Honestly. They did, especially Carl Anderson. That's where he got the machine gun, and he would actually have the machine gun play every time they would say his name. Uh, which is awesome. <laughs> that um, was great. Another name that has been thrown around is... Uh, EC3! <laughs> yeah, I had to do that. I'm sorry. But yeah. Uh, Are you Parker sure it wasn't EC3? Who cares? <laughs> you went too. You went too high. With I went it. too high. You went too low. There's no medium. No, I went. No, I ass. went right to the medium. Who cares? Anyway, yeah, <laughs> they, they threw around EC3's name, and the funny thing about that is, I was coming home from work the other night, and I saw um, a news article pop up uh, about EC3 cutting a promo, and this is interesting because we just got them talking about AEW, mm-hmm. and he cut this promo, and I showed this to you. And, yes, where he names every, like, he goes through the entire roster and in he this doesn't promo. Just, he doesn't name them by name. He subtly calls them out. It's really awesome. He sit there and he goes, the whole world's in chaos. We got viruses spread. It's, it's becoming an American nightmare. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, and he said, from, from here to SoCal, uncensored, this, this, and uh, it's like you're living in the jungle, boy. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's hitting every single name. He finishes off with, you're part of the con. And I just lost it. And he snaps his finger. He goes, and they, and the All Elite Wrestling pops up. He goes, they have been warned. I love this promo. I did, too. It was tremendous. And I sat there, and, I, and I'm and i just like, now, CWWE, had you given him the mic, he would have been a major player for He would have ran it. So, now, there's, there's, there's. You know, rumor and innuendo saying that now he's going to All Elite, which that pretty much fucking confirms it. I'm about book. to say, I don't but, see how he's not. But during a live stream recently, somebody asked him about July 18th that he's been teased for Slammiversary. And his exact words were, I can fight on July 18th. I will be fighting on July 18th. <laughs> so we're going to have him go back to Impact Wrestling, and, I, and they have this. You know, the title match that's coming up, and they have a fourth person that's not there. <laughs> uh, that's a mystery part opponent, so maybe be EC3, but then again, 
Maybe it also could be uh, another key player that was released as well. Yeah, it could be. be yeah, it could be maybe a low key player. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? I saw what you did there. <laughs> well, you know, let's talk about why though there is going to be a mystery opponent in this. Um, and Chris, it kind of involves uh, one of your old crushes. Old is right, because um, <laughs> that's gone way out the window. One, because she's married. Two... Um, that never stopped you before. No, but um, I know he's done, uh, in the words of one of my favorite comedians, uh, got the cookie to the cookie got got! Um, <laughs> thank you, Clayton Thomas. Uh, it's about the kids, but... Um, Badooch. <laughs> but, but seriously... I, I followed... We're talking about Tessa Blanchard, okay? And I'm not going with the whole Tessa Blanchard baby crap. Uh, it ain't even a catchphrase in the first it's fucking place. not even worth it anymore. Um, after, you know... May she rest in peace. <laughs> well, her career is pretty much fucking dead right now. Um, I don't know about that. Well, but. well, at the moment it is. Let's just put it like this. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff she's... You know, she, she busted her ass to get to where she's at. Give her credit on that. Um, I watched her career go from working at high spots with uh, PWX, PWX and, and, you know, just rising through the ranks and, and learning and honing her craft. She trained with Cedric Alexander. That um, and George South. And George South was her trainer. She trained alongside Cedric Alexander. Yes. Um, and, you know, she earned everything she got. Um, do I feel like they pushed her a little too much in Impact? Yes. Um, uh, she definitely didn't deserve the world title, um, but she got it nonetheless. Yeah, that was the dumbest decision Impact Wrestling has well, done she's so won, far. She's won uh, championships before and other various indie promotions that were uh, gender-oriented to the male side of things. She's done that. But here's where I lose respect for Tessa on this level. And I don't give a damn who you are in the wrestling business or or where you come from, you do business like you're supposed to do business. Don't fucking hold out because your contract's getting ready to expire. I understand. Okay, COVID hit. She's in Mexico with her, with her uh, fiance, husband, whatever it is now. Um, and she's down there, and and you know they had also the, there was Selena Del Renta. Yeah. Oh God bless. Never mind. Um. <laughs> but here's the thing, Selena Del Renta. Didn't she cross over to go back to work? Yes, she did, okay. actually. She, they even uh, said that on MLW. So she came back. Tessa stayed. All Impact Management wanted her to do was film a promo to air on Impact to promote this Slammiversary match. Which should be what you should do. She chose not to. So... Impact exercised their right to go ahead, strip her of the championship, and terminate her contract effective immediately. Yeah, I saw that, that she had been released from Impact Wrestling, and I was like, oh my god. So everything that you banked on with her is now just gone. And, and, and that's where I lose a little bit of respect, because your her contract was up before Slammiversary. Well, it too... It's also, it was really bad timing when they put the belt on her because a 
bunch of shit came out about her exactly. as well. It came out that she was uh, a bully backstage and that she had made racial slurs to uh, uh, African-American wrestler over in Japan. Yep. And she come back on and tried to, you know, defend herself and whatnot. But here's the thing. With everything going on right now, he gets a sour taste in your mouth when it comes to that sort of situation. And and it's been come from a lot of people. And this is another part where I lose a little bit of respect. It came out of a lot of people's mouth that she was uh, a bully backstage. Uh, she didn't handle business very well. Uh, she was very ruthless when it came to that. I've I've heard that about her over the years too. Um, not not from Impact Wrestling or anything like that, but I've heard that from like a number of promoters that she's worked with or something. Like that. I've heard it from promoters who have wanted to do business with her, and that they that she's given them either the cold shoulder. Or just blatantly, you know, told them, uh, you're going to do this, this, this for me, or I'm not showing up, period. Which I don't understand that mindset either. Like, how are you going to do that and ruin your brand? Exactly. And, and it doesn't make any sense to me that she would do this to a company who gave her, basically, the world. So it's basically, yeah, well, th that they did. And so basically what you're saying is, though, is that the character that she plays on television is not far from what she is in real life. Well, I mean, they said the same thing about her father, too. Her father was an arrogant prick. They, well, they, we all they, know they, this. They, they, Tully yes. was not a nice guy backstage. No. They, we all know this. So Hell, and, even Arn Anderson says that. Yeah, so here's the thing, and a lot of people are, are throwing it up in the air speculation now. Is she going to WWE? Is she going to AEW with her dad? If she goes to AEW with her dad, it will make Tony Khan and company look like a bunch of hypocrites because they said, and I quote, it's from Tony Khan's own mouth, Hulk Hogan and his wife, Linda Hogan, are not welcome at AEW events because of their racial comments. Yeah, yeah, uh, he, he said that on Twitter to Linda Hogan. Is it, is it Linda? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he said that. He said you just you just got yourself banned from uh, just like your ex husband or what? Yeah, because they made racial comments. Yeah, and if he does, if they bring her in, they will look like a bunch of hypocrites. Now, if she goes to WWE, they they'll you know feel a certain type of way, but they won't they won't look at it the same because I was about to say doesn't give a shit. It's <laughs> a bunch of people there that uh, seem like hypocrites in WWE. Yeah. I don't know. I always said that AE, I always said that she was going to go to AEW because I maintain the fact that when, before AEW was a thing, when it was just all in, and it was Cody and the Bucks and stuff like that, besides the Bullet Club, obviously, that was announced first as the first talent, because we all knew that the Bullet Club was coming, like, every single member of the Bullet Club was there, except for um, God, or Gorillas of Destiny at the yeah. time. So, all of them were involved, but she was the first independent talent that was actually signed and actually advertised to it. So I always said, I was like, well, then clearly she's going to go to AEW, because it would seem fitting for her or something like that. But now, yeah, I'm not so sure. I will say this, though. If they did, 
never mind. You know, if you take away all of that other stuff, it would help their women's division tremendously. Right it would. Now. And 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 the only way I could overlook this As whole that, situation again. That's it. That and again, I can't stress that enough, people. If if you were to overlook all of that, which I know no one is, but I'm just saying. If you were to over, if you take away all of that, she would definitely help their women's division well, out tremendously. The thing I was going to say about her um, unprofessionalism with the whole contract thing with Impact, mm-hmm. the only way I could see that the reason she would do something like that is so she could leave pretty much clean if she already had that contract in her possession. Maybe I, I, I really don't know at this point. It just—it's it, a very—it's a very sticky situation. It really with is. Because again, I mean, obviously WWE is very interested in her. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't you be? You know, kind of thing. It just—and again, they do need a kick in the ass for the women's division. They, they need more than a kick in the ass. Well, that's very true. And Tessa Blanchard would definitely help that. She would. She would become a major part. In that, and here's the thing: if she acted like a bully or anything like that, Tony Khan would come in there and be like, "All right, that's enough." Exactly, because I don't see anyone acting like that in AEW. Like everyone that works there right now is saying it's great to work there because there is no tension or anything backstage. There's healthy competition, right. obviously, but that's all it is. Tony Khan is running it great, so. I can see that. And plus, in WWE, you definitely ain't going to be able to act like that because you ain't going to get your way in WWE. You have to do what the boss says. Same thing with AEW as well. With Impact Wrestling, yeah, you you pretty much kind of get your way, you know, kind of thing. Because they, you know, th- that's just, this is how it is for them. Right. But I don't know. I, I just, it sucks because she is a great talent. It's very true that she. It's or it's very true. It's very clear that she is a great talent. She's great in the ring and she's great on the mic. And obviously, she's great in the looks department as well. So she's got the entire package going on. That she does. So you know, it just it's a situation where I just I don't know. We'll just have to see how it plays out, and we'll have to see you know how long her contract allows her. To not appear on television or what? Well, I don't so. think Impact Wrestling ha- or, or um, you know Anthem Sports has any kind of contract like WWE would have to where they have a no compete clause. Well, this is very true. They they they've never had that too as well. They've never had they never had that when they were TNA or anything yeah. like that. So I get that. I don't know. It just uh, it's it's a bad situation overall. Um, so we'll have to keep our eyes on that. And something we're going to have to keep our eyes on is on the WWE Network soon because apparently they might have some Evolve footage on because Evolve was just bought out by WWE, another fucking promotion. Yeah, WWE ended up purchasing the, the trademark. Which, the let's be honest, they've owned the Evolve library. for oh, years for right years. now. They've owned it for years because that's where they've gotten half of the NXT roster, and the NXT roster goes there and performs on Evolve. Yeah, so 
basically it was another investment of WWE that's going to pay off in dividends and a video library, extra rings, whatever, what have you, so forth and so on. Yeah, maybe even an extra place to develop talent and stuff like that. Possibility if know. they do decide to do it. And like they need any more rings. They have yeah. their own fucking rings that are that are that are like pillows compared to independent rings. That's just true. <laughs> they have a company that builds them specifically for them. Yes. So I don't understand I don't understand that part of it, which they never even used WCW's rings or whatnot. No, they so. sold them. Exactly. So I, I don't know. We'll have to keep our eyes on that. But that sucks for Evolve because I thought that they had something going good. But let's be honest, they've always been funded by WWE. Oh, of course. And I wonder what Gabe Sapolsky's gonna do now because he was a good booker. I thought. Yeah, maybe he'll be folded into WWE. Utilized that way, maybe it'd be at NXT. Maybe he might write, help write some NXT, or he might could go back to Ring of Honor and help book for them as well. Could be. May I? I don't know. You know, everything is just weird right now. It's just a weird time. Well, we're in a twilight zone. That's basically what we're we are. really are. And here's real quick before we move on: Does it not seem like Tony Khan is the only decent motherfucker in the wrestling business? Basically. That owns a wrestling company. I mean, people have scratched the surface just trying to figure out if there's anything underlying that they can use as dirt on Tony Khan. They can't find shit. No. But everybody else, they can. Randy Orton tried to do, tried to point out something with Tony Khan, and or, and, and it was a, about his father or something like that, and Tony Khan just goes, yeah, that was something that was he was accused of, and we were proven not guilty in that, so nice try. So, like, yeah. it's just, wow. Pulling and grasping at straws, and there's nothing you can do. But everybody, every other promoter has something underlying. Oh, I, I know. I Khan. saw that with MLW, and I saw that with NWA, and it sucks, too, because I w- I'm so behind NWA. I love the TV studio thing that they've got going on YouTube. It's one of the greatest things I've seen in wrestling so far. Is it not? It is. I love what they're doing with that. And then I love what MLW has been doing, but now there's all this other shit going on, and it's just like, oh my god, can there just be one decent promoter in this business? This is why the wrestling business gets such a bad rap, is it not? Yeah, it is. It's... I don't even like talking about the negativity. Right, I, I get it because there's because again, and and Jr. said it best. He's like he's like people look for so much negative with the wrestling business that they don't see the positives in the wrestling business. Yes, there's been this negative stuff that has gone on in the wrestling business for years, but it, you know there's been so much positive that has gone on as well. Yeah. And they don't look at the positive all the time. They always try to look at the negative side of it. I mean, a whole damn series, Dark Side of the Ring, focuses on a lot of the negative aspects of the wrestling business. It, it does focus on the positives, though, as well. But, yeah, obviously, well, because it's called Dark Side of, of the Ring. That's what it's but designed that's where, to do. But that's where everybody looks. They look at the negativity of the business because that's what's bringing the most attention and it's sad. Yeah, it, it really is. And, uh, you know, 
we'll just we'll have to keep our eyes on things and whatnot. But coming up next here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, we're not going to talk about any wrestling news because we're going to visit the past. Yes. And that's right. We're going to do a little watch along when we come back. And it's to one of my favorite DVDs of all time in the wrestling business, even though it was only literally 10 episodes. <laughs> It is Wrestling Society X. We're going to discuss WSX right here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, and it will be a watch-along, so come on back with us. You're going to have some fun when it comes to that. It's right here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, SWN. Hey, folks, it's me, Caleb Stovall, here, and I am not here to talk about wrestling. I am here to talk to you about my brand-new podcast, called Power Rangers Go. That's right, it's going to be all about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And not just Mighty Morphin, but all Power Rangers. We're going to go through the entire Power Rangers universe. And by we, I'm going to be joined by my co-host each and every single week, the ace of everything superhero homie Q, Quentin Thicklin, will join me right here to discuss everything Power Rangers right here exclusively on TMB Studios. I can't wait and may the power protect you all. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoball Wrestling Network on TMB Studios. All right, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, the SWN podcast. And, Chris, it's time now to look at a promotion uh, that we kind of teased on the last episode that we were going to start doing. And uh, we're going to do all of these because there's only ten of them. Because it only lasted one season. But it's an interesting one uh, that I've been wanting to do for a while. And, of course, I'm talking about... Wrestling Society X, WSX, and it was aired on MTV of all places. It was an MTV promotion. Yeah, and it's strange that this came at a time when wrestling was really, really hot and there wasn't a lot of big promotions out there, and they really hyped this thing up as the next generation of professional wrestling, so to speak, the the next level. And it was... I saw... Uh, some of the episodes, and I never saw them when they aired live or anything like that, but I saw before there was any kind of like streaming. Before, yeah, before there was any streaming or anything like that, but I remember seeing this, like looking at MTV shows or something like that, mm-hmm. and I saw that it said Wrestling Society X, and I went, what the hell is this? And I And I watched... And it was the second episode. Of, no, it might not have been the second episode. It might have been like the third or fourth episode in the series or whatnot. And uh, I actually kind of liked it when I first saw it. I see what the criticisms are of it because the fact of it is a 30-minute show. Yeah. Like, it's not an hour-long show. No. An hour-long show, obviously, in wrestling can work all day long. But a 30-minute show, Chris? Yeah. And and what's even more uh, weird about it was a lot of the bigger names that we would come to know, uh, WWE and Impact Wrestling and so forth and so on. And AEW? Yeah. Got their start here 
NWSX. But even more than that, one of the other things about the show that I remember, uh, I tuned into it. I watched the first episode, which actually aired uh, January 30th of 2007. Okay, there and, you go. Um, I was, like, hyped up for this because I wanted to see what they were going to do. And the first image I got, which we'll, we'll see on this first episode, was the the corny <laughs> effects that they had. Oh, my God. The pyro wasn't even pyro. Pyro wasn't pyro. Pyro was some graphical addition. And uh, 2007, it wasn't as great as it should have been. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest criticism that I always got out of it was you could tell that the crowd there just did not, they did not care about wrestling. They tried to do what Lucha Underground got successful, was they had a crowd there, you know, they got free tickets and everything, but the crowd with Lucha Underground respected the wrestling business, whereas this crowd just looked like, Hey, you, walking down the street, you want to go see a wrestling show? But I don't like wrestling. Who cares? It's on TV. Get in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And just sit there and cheer like you actually care. Yeah. Like like WWE has now with uh, the NXT people behind the glass. Right. Yeah. And and two, I remember when they would come out, immediately when they would come out, you would hear, or yay. And I was just like, oh, God. Yeah, they just pipe that in. It's just ridiculous. But if you take some of that stuff away, a lot of the stuff that they did was not too bad, in my opinion. No, really. I know we talked. I know we said that already. But look at the talent that you had on there. I mean, you had Matt Seidel, yes. Jack Evans, Tyler Black, Jimmy Jacobs, mm-hmm. and then you had you know hardcore people like New Jack made yeah, New Jack. Yeah, Vampiro. You had X-Pac. Oh, Vampiro and X-Pac were amazing in this yeah. thing. Uh, Ricky Banderas, who would be, um, what was he called in TNA? Uh, Judas Macias. Yes. So you had him, and that feud was great. You had Teddy Hart, who was a major player in MLW. M-Dog 20, Matt yeah. Cross. Like, a lot of people went through this. And I believe I heard, what really got me inspired to do this episode or, or to do this series, was when I saw a podcast from uh, Sean Waltman, and Sean Wal- or Six Pack, X-Pac, yeah, whatever you want um, to call him, but X-Pac did a, uh, a, a podcast, and he had the cast of WSX, which one of them he had on was Matt Seidel, and um, they were talking about WSX, and Matt Seidel was just like, look, man, you know, they were trying something different, and I applauded them for doing it, and I thought we kind of had a shot with yeah. it. But MTV, you know, doesn't know their head from their ass, especially nowadays. I mean, it, how can you be in music television when you don't even play music Exactly. Anymore? But that's a different story. But I, I, I would like to go and look at this. So if you are near a computer, folks, you can look up, on YouTube, you can look up Wrestling Society X Episode 1. You should be able to find it somewhere. Actually, um, what we did was we typed in Wrestling Society X and we actually found nine of the ten episodes because yeah. the tenth episode was very controversial <laughs> according to MTV standards at the time, even though they were airing like sex on beaches and everything. I was Real about to say, look at all of the music videos and shit that they've done over the years, but that's controversial. Apparently. And then uh, my teen pregnancy, for, you give me a fucking break. <laughs> Anyways, I could go on and on about MTV. But, Fire Up Wrestling Society X, Episode 1, and let's get it underway in 3, 2, 
one play. The first thing we're met with is this nice little introduction down a, um, I guess you could call it a 90s-style hallway. Well, you know, still kind of keeping that underground society. Again, I like this look. It, it does look really cool. And Black like Label Angel Society. society so they had live bands. So yeah, they would, because MTV at the time was known for doing that with all of their shows. Oh, yeah. here we go. Chris Kloss. Now, tell me, this, tell me this, Chris. How in the hell does Chris Kloss look younger now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> When he was in, uh, what was it? Um, XPW. XPW, he looked like an old, dirty, like, I don't know, child molester, I guess you call it. I, well, he had slick that might be strong, but. And, well, I mean, I call it, look at this dude. Oh, no, no, see, that's GQ money, and I didn't realize that. He That was the most over done ring announcing I've yeah. ever seen in my hey, look life. Look the warning bar. You're about to witness stunts done by insane professional wrestlers. These stunts did not be attempted at home well, they had or to do, anywhere else of for course. that matter. Well, yeah. They shouldn't even be done in wrestling at times. But that that's a different yeah. story. That style a lot more when he made his way to WWE. Yeah, he pulled out some of those moves when they were allowing him to go a little bit in yeah. uh, in the beginning. I and think then the best thing he ever did Vince was said, the way he nah, took, he's too small. Yeah, the the best thing he ever did was the way he took that RKO. Well, of course, that's what he's mostly going to be known for. Yeah. Oh, and he does have a WrestleMania moment as well. Yeah. And I'll tell that in a minute because watch this. Oh, oh, nice! Caught him with a spin kick right there, and there's the crowd that doesn't know what the fuck like, is going what just on. Happened? <laughs> the big guy in the crowd with the freaking jersey on, he's just like slow clapping. Look at, see, look at the people in the crowd. None of these guys would be at a wrestling event. No, they wouldn't. They have, they're, they're just staring like, what am I watching here? These guys actually have money. <laughs> <laughs> We're, if you're a wrestling fan, you're broke as hell. Yeah, you, they're you all looking knows. around like, let's just clap. She's laughing in the crowd like, this is funny to her? Yeah, really? I know. What I, the I hell is... Stand and plus, these two guys are working their ass they off, They are. Too. They're really doing some major league stuff. Oh! That's, that's that Jack was, Evans for you. Yeah, Jack Evans with that nice spinning, uh, I guess it's a heel kick. And here comes the real Slim Shady. Please stand Whee! up. <laughs> Right over the top. I think that's pretty much how he got his gimmick, I, too. Is I like he don't was... believe that warehouses are supposed to have, like, stage lights in them. I mean, I mean, gritty. I mean, so did Lucha Underground. <laughs> like, they got light pouring in from the top of the ceiling. Well, it could just be a crack in the ceiling. <laughs> could be. Jack and then, And then you have... Uh, to do a Zach Wild up there breaking down the match. I wonder what his guy. <laughs> the commentary wasn't I that love... great on this. No, it was not. But that's because they only had, you know, like thirty minutes in this show, and then like yeah. their matches were like, t oh, watch this, beautiful. Oh, I missed that from Matt Seidel. And he kicked out again at two. Jack Evans did. And well, that wasn't one of his time. Well, that wasn't one of his finishers. She, again. she looks great out there, but uh, I think I liked her a lot better at XPW. Well, I'm sure you did. she didn't talk. <laughs> well, that's not good because she's oh. actually a good talker, actually. She is. Oh, here she goes. She's getting drugged right in the ring. What the heck? Oh, and by the way. Oh, oh my oh, God. Man. Ow. I can't tell if that was a botch or no. Oh. I couldn't I tell if that was a botch or nothing. 
All right, here we go. Jack Evans up on the All right, the top. I know what this is. Watch this. Oh. 6.30. One, two, got him. I thought some of the storyline angles that they have were actually pretty good. Here's the thing. How do you do storyline angles with it? And here's the thing. The show is 30 minutes with commercials. It's right. actually 19 minutes without it. Yeah, I know. Like, I looked at the time of all these, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. There's no way you can tell a whole wrestling story in that uh, amount of time. Chaos, obviously. Yes. But then the guy that was in the orange pants, he was the guy that took on Cena and was Angle's, like, right hand. No, not Angle. Um, Carlito. Carlito's right. Oh, okay. That makes yeah, sense. he was right, Jesus. So we're getting ready to do the rumble. So the rumble rules, and these are the rules here. And wrestlers can be eliminated. And we have and what the fuck did yeah. I just see that right? <laughs> you saw you saw some photoshopped angry video game nerd style light <laughs> electricity on the thing. I did, and look at that. Did you just see what the <laughs> what, what is that? Chris pranced across the ring. Did he just like two step? Did he literally take like like a bag of cocaine and just snorted all of it? Maybe that right was before? how he got paid. <laughs> Maybe. I don't take money. I just take a line. <laughs> That's the next contest. <laughs> Oh Lord! And look at this, and and that's just him dressed regularly. But yeah. he would he would then bring in his GQ money character. And oh. here we go. Uh, usual hold on to the ropes. Oh my God! Look how loose the ropes are, though. You see that when he stepped up on him like that? Yeah, they are. And I've I've always been amazed at the balance of Teddy Hart. I'll give him that. I've just I've never seen anyone. I'm amazed at like all that. the duct tape all over the ring. Well, again, I think they're just going for that. That's chaos. Chaos. Uh, And I like the way they did the entrance. And you see that two-time XPW TV champion, Jinx, you owe me a soda. Give me a Pepsi, bitch. You You had a Mountain Dew. Get over yourself. Give me another one. But here's the thing. That's one thing I don't get. If you're DDT, but if you're just a regular run-of-the-mill fan who just... Gets into it, doesn't know about the other promotions around. You're not going to give a shit if he was two-time XPW TV champ. You're going to be like, what is XPW? Well, again, there was a And lot. by this time, it was dead. Shared it. <laughs> you take one in, I'll take the other. <laughs> oh, Teddy just went face first in that terminal. Look at Vampiro. Just so Nice. But he, well, to be fair, he was wrestling a lot in Mexico as well. Vampiro really made a name yeah. for himself in Mexico. She especially said shit. <laughs> read those lips. Was especially like with uh, him and um, uh, Conan. And why do well. we have to take commercial? And up next, we're gonna show you what happened. And of course, he's got the crowd. Bar- See, here's where you can tell that the crowd that know jack shit about wrestling because if this was a real crowd, they'd be marking the fuck out for half out of for these Vampiro people. For and for six pack. For six pack. Well, you know, there'd be a lot of people uh, doing. Um, Teddy Hart and yeah. uh, some other guys, and, and especially just incredible as well. Yeah, here comes Chris Hamrick, who really Chris Hamrick. You know, you could mark out to him. He wasn't ECW, but he didn't have like a major major. Oh, job. speaking of ECW, <laughs> he brings in every weapon. Dude, Hamrick's not really selling shit. Well, I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. Yeah, I'm smart. I don't even have gear on. <laughs> oh my god! Right out to the table. 
So apparently they're not going to land on the floor. They're going to land on no, something. What, one guy, that luchador that <laughs> came out there, he didn't go through a table. He just went on the floor. The table flipped. And he eliminated himself. Of course, because New Jack could not give a fuck less. Yeah, he's like, fuck this. I'm about to fuck White Boy up. <laughs> no, no. Um, Why throw the referee in there? Because he, Jack... Oh, look at that. <laughs> and they're up there marking out. And Chris Claus just looking at the monitor like, oh, just... What? What? A <laughs> now, they're, now they're losing their minds. Oh, we're supposed to act surprised and no, shocked. No, 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 no. It was Zach Wild that was the star of that. Because like at first he was like, "Bring it on, baby, bring it on," and then he did that. He was like, "Oh, okay, I like it. Act like you're excited." There we go. And he's right. still battling Hamrick on the outside of the ring. Well, of course, Teddy Hart with another moonsault. How many moonsaults has Teddy Hart done in this matchup? Oh, Lord, oh no! Here it is! There's the balcony spot! Oh, oh! No, no. Oh, he licks. Hey, New Jack, how long has it been since you climbed up? Yeah, I know. Well, actually, he probably has had half oh, of the cocaine that GQ money Too much going on has. at once! Shut oh! Love them special effects from 07. Actually, they didn't look... Half bad, oh, actually. Oh, look at that. And off the top of the storage container. He was like, I ain't going as high as I did in ECW. <laughs> Not for this promotion. No. You ain't paid me enough. Teddy again. No. Oh, oh nice. Jumping DDT on Vampiro. Yeah, that was beautiful. Who is that? we got that? here? Youth yep. Suicide. Youth Suicide. I have no clue who the fuck that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is <laughs> either, and that, that name up. would not fly. Not in this day and age. Oh, look at that. Oh, Teddy Hart into the table. Backdrop. So, here you go. What is you, Suicide Thumbtacks. Of course, thumbtacks. And, of course, anyone that knows anything about wrestling knows. Oh, he just put the bucket over his head and then kicked him right in the balls. Stupid. And, of course, anyone that knows anything about uh, wrestling, you know that. Okay, this, when you bring in the bucket yeah. of thumbtacks, you as yourself are going into them. Of course. <laughs> and this guy, uh, you Suicide, also went by the name of Andre Verdon. And he's only worked in WSX and XPW. Well, his career ended in 2009. Oh, well, here it is. <laughs> into the tacks. Oh, and that's why your career ended in 2009. Probably. Probably. And Piro started to have a gut. Now, here's the two stars of it. Yep. There's one contract. Yep, there's one contract. So, Six Pack has it. And you can already tell that they're really promoting Six Pack and Vampiro as the top stars of this company right now. Well, it's definitely a good idea to go with those two as the top for right now because they're definitely the most recognizable. Of course. For, especially for wrestling fans. You've got the guys from WWE. And then uh, Vampiro is more recognized from WCW. Right. Oh, my God. What the oh, my God. He just pushed him right into an exploding thing. Do we really have to have all the jumpy TV effects and everything? No, I don't the think that. I think that was real. Like, like that was like what you would see in Japan type of thing. Well, I think I that's what they were really trying to go for was to bring the Japanese-style death matches to your living room through MTV. Well, that was what XPW tried to do. And that didn't work. Uh, well, that's because they were owned by a porn company. Well, this one is also owned by a porn company. It's the same thing. It, 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 no, 
it's not all of the same people. It's really. some, it's of, some them, of them, but mostly like Rob Black was the owner of XPW, and he was straight from the porn industry. Like he cared more about the porn than he did the wrestling. No, that's true. But this one, I like. I actually kind of like. But at least XPW lasted a lot right, longer. All right, here it is. Oh, Vampiro got it and just jumps yep. all the way down, and it's over. And just it's like over, that. right there. Not, not too bad. Not too bad of a first show. No, would, not would, at would all. Would you? Would you agree? Like, like, what are your overall thoughts on this first? Well, show? I mean, the first show. Like I said, I watched it and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I thought there could have been a lot more content. I, under, I I still don't understand it. They got ratings off of this, and it, people tuned in to watch it. It got some ratings, yeah, but they didn't advertise it. No, it, it was and, the ECW of its time. And think of it, and think of it like had they advertised it. I mean, you'd have seen advertisements along with. I think at the time, a lot of the shows like Viva La Bam. At Viva La Bam. Um, they were still airing Jackass they stuff. They had Wild Jackass. Boys. Uh, um, Rob, Robin Big. Robin Big was on, yeah, time. so um, uh, just a lot of stuff that they could have done, and to me, I mean, you could know, you this imagine promotion could have been, could still be around yeah, today, maybe. Could you imagine the crossover uh, capabilities they would have had at that time? Oh my god, I mean, Lucha Underground, you know, did that with a lot of El Rey network stars. Mm-hmm. It would have been something phenomenal for them to have. It was, and and I could tell that they were going as well for a little bit of that cinematic style before it was even really called cinematic style. Yeah, they were. Um, But definitely they were trying something different, as you could see. Mm -hmm. The first one, you got a good wrestling matchup, although I will say this, every matchup in in WSX, and you can look this up, there were no rules no. in any matchup. It did not. It didn't matter if it was one of the high flying matches or anything like that. No, it was, it was just no holds barred. Yeah, that like they even said it like like you do not have to pin your opponent in the ring. You can pin them anywhere inside the WSX bunker, is what they called it. Yeah, and uh, I don't understand that. Like ECW used to do that. Like we're sit- like I'm sitting there going. We all know that every ECW matchup, there were no rules, so right. what what was the point in all that? But uh, that was the very first episode of WSX, Wrestling Society X. I thought, again, I thought it was a pretty good show yeah, to start was. off. I, I kind of liked the concept. I even I even liked the exploding stuff and everything like that. I, I thought that was pretty uh, interesting, and I especially loved the first matchup because I'm a huge fan of Matt Seidel, obviously. Of course. And I like Jack Evans as well. So uh, good to go through this. All ten episodes are going to happen right here on on the Stovall Wrestling Network. I almost said Wrestling Society X. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, yes, we will be right back from a word from TMB Studios. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network. What's up, everybody? It is Blake Collins here with Chatter City. We are dropping the 411 on everything sports. It's baseball, football, basketball, anything and everything about sports, even the unique sports as well. Not only that, but we are also going to have spinoff shows related to the unique people within the CSRA area. Talking about music, talking about movies, different things like that, so you do not ever want to miss out on an episode of Chatter City, because I guarantee you, you will not only learn something, but you also have a heyday and a half as well. 
This is Blake Collins signing off with Chapter City. Have a blessed rest of your day. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TV Studios. All right, we are back here one more time on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Chris, it has been so good to be back here talking about wrestling, ranting and raving or whatnot, whatever you want to call it, here on SWM, man. I've had a blast. It's been so good to be back from the beach and whatnot, and to get back into this, man. How you feel? Oh, man, I'm feeling alive, and I'm feeling well, and I can't wait to do this again next week. Of course. Uh, we're going to be looking at more wrestling news. Uh, we're going to have a lot more going on, and more Wrestling Society X. Or should I do it like, uh, what, what, how you do Wrestling Society X! Something like that. Oh, are you talking about GQ money, money on yeah, that I one? I line myself and just no. start going crazy. <laughs> no, you should do it like Chris Gloss. It's like he's raping a bird. But then again, I also got to remember where he came from. So <laughs> I'm about to say he did that in XPW and then he brought it to WSX. Yeah. But we'll see more of that. We're going to do another watch along with Wrestling Society X. In fact, we're going to watch along to all 10 episodes right here on SWM because, Chris, again, I like the promotion for what it was. There was a lot of stuff that they could have done better and they could have given it more time to breathe. But for the most part, I actually liked it. They were trying something different. They weren't trying to be WWE. They weren't trying to be this. They were trying to do something different. And that's what you have to do when it comes to wrestling. You can't be WWE. You can't be WCW. You have to do something different. And they tried it. Did it work? No, it didn't. But that could have been for a number of reasons. Probably mostly the biggest one of them all was MTV, really. Yeah, honestly. But we're going to discuss more of it as we go along in the series. Again, all ten episodes of SWX right here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, the SWM podcast. But Chris... I believe it's about that time, man. It's time to sign off here. Oh, yeah. Time to sign off. Time to say goodbye till next time. Yes, absolutely. And we will be back here to discuss all things pro wrestling, past, present, and future of wrestling right here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. And if you want to hear more of me here on TNB Studios, check out... The other podcast that I have that is doing quite well, I should say, Power Rangers Go podcast with me and the ace of the morphing grid, Mr. (laughs) Quinton Ficklin. He loved that when I told him Yes, I know he did. You can also catch me on the Chris Dickens Experience. I got more episodes coming soon. Plus, I'm also back on the bite, reviewing restaurants in and around the nation. You can check me out on that as well. So, we're on TMB Studios, guys. We're pretty much everywhere. Yep, and TMB Studios keeps growing and growing every single day, Chris. Yes, it is, and uh, we've got a lot more announcements coming down the pipe. I said it uh, two weeks ago. I'm going to keep saying it until those announcements get ready to be announced fully to to the public. We've got a lot of things happening. You just got to stay tuned to find out what they are. Yeah, check out some of the other shows that are also here on TMB Studios, Why We Love Wrestling just put out a new episode. Yep. It's great. 
Uh, the shootout with Bill Blanchard is also on here. Chatter City, the works, all yes. of them. Check them out here on TMB Studios. But as for the SWN, the Stovall Wrestling Network, it's about that time. We're signing off here for this week, but we will be back next week with a brand new episode of the Stovall Wrestling Network podcast right here on TMB Studios. Until then, happy wrestling, everybody.